Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Max. Max, thank you so much for being with us here today. Oh yeah, we're 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 dealing the most amazing. Thank you. You are. <laughs> I'll I'll accept the title. Thank you. Awesome. So give us a five thousand foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Oh, uh, I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. I I walk around saying that I help consultants productize their services. Um, usually work with consultants who have peaked. And uh, they're offering too many things. They're working too hard. They're not making enough, and their personal life is suffering. So I uh, I turned that around for them. Nice. How did you get into all of that? Uh, I discovered the dark side. <laughs> I was I was running a professional services company, a, mar a marketing agency, which is like, you know, if you're if you're a gamer, it'd be like the most extremely difficult thing to uh, have a personal life and also be successful at. And um, it was just a zero sum game. The more we hit our quote goals, the worse my personal life got. And I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids and the math didn't make sense. So uh, so we made some changes. I discovered strategy and lo and behold, you can charge whatever you want for strategy to, to a fun game and um then discovered how to package up intellectual property like take our process for strategy and allow other people to use it and they would pay us when they used it what what mailbox <laughs> money I, i'd wake up to little uh little jingles um i set a jingle for paypal so every time i got an email from paypal I'd go cha-ching and uh i quit the agency that i built uh when i was woken up at three in the morning by a two thousand dollar jingle and i said i, I really only want to do that I, I only want the little jingle thing i didn't even know who it was i couldn't pronounce the company name and so that was it i was seven years ago i started drinking beer with people on my podcast that that have done these types of things somewhat successfully, you know, as my, my second round of uh, informal education. And I've never looked back. Nice. That sounds awesome. So what, what was that, that pivot point? Cause I got to ask, like, there's gotta be something. How did you discover strategy? Um, <clears throat> it was a very specific day. Uh, so we were a, we were a HubSpot agency. If, if you don't know who HubSpot is, it's just a software company. 
And in the professional services world, there's been a lot of activity around these software partnerships or, or value-added resellers and, and things like that. But anyway, so we get a call from this software company and they said, we got 20 companies that are going to cancel. They've said they're, they said they're going to cancel. And I was like, I'll talk to them. Yeah, sure. Um, these are companies that had already done all of the services that, that we provide. They've, they had the software, they have the content. A lot of them have even hired people to do what we do. So I can't, I can't say, oh, you need more content. You know, if you just had better content, no, they'd laugh me out of the room. So I had to say something like, well, you've got all the ingredients. You're failing because you don't have a plan. They couldn't show me a plan. They're spending all this money. There's no plan. So I just had the idea of offering the plan. And sure enough, uh, I got paid $2,500 the first time to do a plan and they didn't cancel. And then a month later, I was charging $30,000 for the plan. What? Yeah, what? And it was a five hour process. So like the numbers were just wild. The 23 year old me, who knew? And uh, that, was, that was the discovery of strategy. And then the company was like, wait a minute, you guys can stop churn. We want to go public. Churn's a problem. This strategy thing is actually really effective. And so they just shoved me on stage and they were just like, tell people about it, Max. And then, you know, all of a sudden we were charging people to be certified in our way of doing it. And the, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Nice. I love that. So who do you like to work with now? The consultants who have peaked, uh, really smart people that have, unique knowledge and they are successful in everything that they've done to their own detriment. They're, they're now offering way too many services because their clients are always impressed. And they say, can you do this? Can you do this? And the, and the consultant goes, I'd love to. So now their businesses are super complex. Um, they've gotten comfortable at their price point, which is astronomically lower than what they're worth. 99.100% of the time. Um, so I like to I like to work with people like that. Very cool. So why do you think people have such a difficult time productizing or packaging their their knowledge? I mean, I know what resistance I have to it. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the the reason is like the same reason we have trouble talking about ourselves uh, or looking in the mirror and saying, "Wow, you look beautiful today." We just don't do it. We look and we're like, oh, Max, I get this hair thing. You know, if only I could, you know, if, if only, only I could grow a thicker beard, I'd be handsome. Or, you know, we're just surprisingly self deprivating. Um, but the excuses that mask that truth are typically things like, uh, you know, it, it needs to be totally customized. It's, it's always different for my clients. Uh, you know, they, they deserve something that's, uh, that's, that's custom. Um, the raising prices thing, my customers wouldn't pay for that. Uh, and it's all just limiting beliefs. Like none of it, none of it makes sense to say that you don't go through a similar process uh, in a similar way of thinking with all your clients is just, um, it's a limiting belief. <laughs> I was going to say ignorant, but that might be too strong. Uh, limiting belief. And um, people that say I can't raise my prices have not tried. And so there. 
So they're there. Okay. <laughs> so there. Yeah. If I had a mic, I mean, my mic is attached. I can't drop the mic. My mic is attached to the. Yeah, you know, that little thing here. Thingy. But yeah, works that way. <laughs> yeah, awesome. and they have every, and they have it. The funny part is, like, the irony of what I do is, it's really not necessary. Everyone awesome. I meet can raise their prices tomorrow. Not touch their offering. They can raise their prices tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. But they don't. But they don't. And it's like, it's like uh, you, you don't pay a personal trainer to teach you how to do push-ups. Right. You said pay them you, to watch you. <laughs> make sure that you yeah, don't quit you, when you yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. You pay them to like make you hate them uh, and, and force and force you to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> that reminds me once of I had a fitness trainer and he was just pushing me to the limits and another trainer walked by and she goes like, ease up. I feel sorry for it. He goes, it's a free world. She can get up and leave anytime she wants. She's paying me to do this. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're a good trainer when the other trainers are feeling sorry for your clients. <laughs> yeah, that's why they, that's why they pay you. Right. Uh, I used to say it's not a good day of, unless somebody cries or calls me a bitch. <laughs> so, good day yeah we used to ask our i used to ask my clients you know um was there any time that you had like an emotional breakdown and then one of my clients said said, max every day i have an emotional breakdown working with you and so now we don't ask them if we say when did you have your first emotional (laughs) breakdown working with us and they were like oh wait so that's natural like that's it's not just me it's part of the process yeah and all we're, we're not doing our job do like, all we're telling them to do is like raise your prices and like you know make sure you do a plan first with your clients it, you know it's not rocket science stuff but it's emotionally challenging mm-hmm. absolutely and especially when you're dealing with mindset because now, walk me through this because I'm thinking, so do you just kind of blindside your clients? It's like, okay, we're going to be working on your business systems and bam. And <laughs> oh, now you charge you. 10. What? 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 <laughs> no, it's, it's so surprising how much I do have to trick them. Um, <clears throat> for example, I have found that people are attached to numbers. Meaning, uh, you know, Michelle, I want you to raise your price. Today you charge $10,000. Tomorrow I want you to charge 20. Most people are terrified of the number itself. Mm-hmm. Now, if we break down what you're charging $10,000 for, say it's a month of services. Right. If I tell you to double your prices, but not to $20,000, now you're going to sell two weeks for $10,000. People are fine with that. <laughs> so, they just have a weird thing with numbers. And I think it, again, I think it goes back to that personal worth. Like we've said it enough times where we begin to feel that our worth is attached to that number. When in fact, our worth is completely uh, a matter of perception from, from the other side. It's, it's your perceived value. Okay. Um, so I'm going to play devil's advocate because of course that's the fun part of being on this side of the microphone. So what about when somebody is looking at what the client does and what the client say earns because of said thing and they're going, well, but it need, you need to have an ROI. Like you have to have a return on investment there. They're not going to get $20,000 out of it. So how can I charge $20,000 for it? Yeah. 
you're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> um, like the first question is, what do you do that is most valuable and difficult to replace? So let's say you're in the right business. Let's, let's say that you are valuable to someone out there. Um, the second and most important question when you're selling knowledge or when you're selling strategy is who will pay you the most? Back to my story, the people that paid me $2,500 were not the same as the people that were paying me $30,000. Uh, the people that were paying me $30,000 were higher education institutions in the Boston area. And we found that we had the right combination of experience in higher education. And uh, what we also found is that colleges had spent a ton of money on marketing people. They usually hire four to five full-time employees, full benefit packages. They got like a million dollars sunk into people that don't know what they're doing. And that's even before the software they purchased. That's before the content. So I'm walking around with an insurance policy, essentially, saying, you're spending a million dollars, you're not getting the results you want. What's another, I don't know, call it, you know, an embarrassingly low, low number, $30,000. And it was laughable to them. Same process, same five hour thing. But if I, you know, if I went to the, to the, you know, electricians that I was selling the, uh, the 15, the $2,500 package to and said it's 30,000, they would have laughed me out of the room. Um, and there is another side to the spectrum. So I, I work with some clients uh, that will go in and say, all right, our, our strategy work is $50,000. And the client will go, well, it can't possibly be valuable for $50,000 because they're used to paying these giant consulting organizations a million dollars. So they're like, who are, these, who are these children? How dare they you know, try and make their way to the decision maker table? You know, they need to be at the kitty table. Um, so pricing is just a complete game and, uh, you have every ability to, to go off and find the people that will pay you the most for what you do. Nice. So would you say that it's a negotiating skill to be able to, um, find out what their budget is obviously before you offer one, or is there a different strategy for that? Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of negotiating. Um, like negotiating would indicate that I give you an offer and then you negotiate me to do the same thing, but for less totally unnecessary. Uh, and in fact, people won't respect you for that. Then it's, you know, then it's game on, you know, then it's like, <laughs> no, oh, bartering. Offered now. I, could just, <laughs> I could just knock this sucker down. Um, so instead, you know, stick your ground say it's $10,000 for A, B, and C. And they go, well, uh, can't afford that. Sorry. And you go, up, up, up. I really like what you're doing. Really confident in my ability to work with you. My dad always said, don't make it difficult for people to work with me. What's it need to look like for you? And they'll say something. Sometimes it's something as simple as, well, I could you know, Max, I could pay you five grand now and five grand in 30 days. And you go, mm, let me think. That's a tough one. Uh, so sometimes it's something silly like that, like payment terms. But other times, um, you know, they say, like, I, I can really only afford five. You know, I got this professional service business. I get paid monthly, that sort of thing. I don't know you that well, Mr. Max, even though, you know, you got a lot of nice people saying things on LinkedIn. 
So um, it might be that they could only do A, which is going to take a week. And you'll charge them four grand for that. So you haven't come down in price, you haven't come down in value, but you're allowing them to make it work for them. Nice. Love that. What about somebody that's just starting out and doesn't have maybe the testimonials or the feedback to back them? <sighs> well, I'd like to say that there is, you know, a fast track or an easy button. Um, you know, just raise your prices. You're worth it. Uh, <laughs> but like, I honestly, I look back and I say, like, if I went back in time and talked to Max five years ago and said, Max, five years from now, you're going to be charging $30,000 for this thing that you're charging two grand for. Just raise your prices now. I would have told future me to fuck off. Like, I've been like, you're crazy. I, I'm, that's terrifying. I can't do that. I don't have the experience. How, what would I even, what would I even do for that amount of money? Um, but I need to, I needed to go through those months where I didn't know if I was going to make ends meet. Mm. And I needed to go through the months where, uh, you know, the, when I charged less clients weren't as bought in and they, and they didn't put the effort in. So I needed to experience some of those emotionally challenging situations to have the confidence to say, well, I need to, I need to put away my being scared because I owe it to my family. I owe it to my clients. Um, and I'm going to do the scary thing of quoting them at 30 grand. And then the first time they say, oh yeah, that's fine. And then you're like, what am I, you know, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And you kind of like try not to panic there on the, on the call and, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, the mindset, there's a few mindsets that are, that are helpful. One, I think if you are a confident person, which not many people are when it comes to their pricing. If you are a confident person, you can say, look, I'm not charging for access to my time. I'm not, I'm not charging for my time. I'm charging for access to a lifetime of knowledge. Now, what's that work? Uh, what's that worth? It, it's priceless. Mm -hmm. And if you're not afraid to get a few uh, no's and then talk about how it can work for them, no doesn't mean no. No means no to the way you have presented it mm -hmm. and is the start of a really valuable conversation. But most people are driven by client value. You know, they would do it for free if they could keep the lights on. They're selfless individuals, us consultants. <laughs> and so um, the trick is like to have that experience and bottle it up when you don't charge enough and the client doesn't follow through because it doesn't matter. If I say, hey, go do this, and I charge them $1,000, they go, ah, well, $1,000, you know, we can make that up. That sounds pretty hard. I'm not going to do that. Like going to like a gym membership, like 10 bucks. Like, ah, I'm not going to go to the gym. It's only 10 bucks. I'm going to drink bourbon instead. Um, but $1,000 a month, uh, $10,000. I tell you to do that. You're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, oh, shit, I didn't expect that. But uh, well, this is a lot of money. And I can't like go back to my wife and my business partner with a tail between my legs. I don't want to raise my prices because I'm scared. <laughs> you just paid 10 grand. You better do whatever the hell he says. And if it doesn't work, then we'll go back to him and tell him he's a piece of shit, but you got to try it. And so it, the mindset is we are obligated to charge a little bit too much. We, we need it to hurt a bit, just like the, you know, personal trainers. Awesome. So what about somebody who thinks that they need to have the experience or they need to have the, 
like you got to go in with value. So if you're say hypothetically competing against somebody else that you have to at least be more knowledgeable or have better products or systems than your competitors have for that price. Oh, there's so many questions in that one <laughs> question. Pick anyone. <laughs> well, um, you are charging for your knowledge. And so it is true that the more knowledge you acquire, the more valuable it is. Uh, the problem is that, you know, you're never going to wake up and go, ah, today I have enough knowledge to raise my prices. Like there's, there's never what? the clouds don't part. The angels don't there's no one, no one, nobody, you, I, no one deems you worthy, you know, <laughs> uh, like you're working, you're working for yourself and you got a shitty boss. I got to tell you, like, they don't appreciate you. Um, so that's the danger of it. And I, I like to think of it as like, all right, I've got, I've got so much knowledge. Um, I know that I know nothing. That, that's the other thing about, about experience. The more you get, the more perspective you have that you really don't know anything. Uh, right. That's called imposter syndrome. It never goes away. The smarter you get, the dumber you feel. And so the question is like, is my client better off or worse off working with me? Just make it a, make it a totally polarized thing. Not am I dumb or smart? Are they better off or worse off working with me? And, and that's the question I ask. Competitors? Um, look, I think if you're doing it right, you don't compete with people. I rarely compete with people. Um, if you, if you, yeah. So I think that's part of the problem is, you know, none of what I'm talking about works if you're replaceable. If I can Google what you do and find another thousand people, then you start you start giving me high price points. You know, uh, you start telling me things I don't want to do. I'm just going to find the next Joe that charges less and and treats me like a god and does whatever I say. Um, so you gotta you gotta figure you gotta understand that every individual, every human being, has a unique set of experiences, a unique way of doing things, and selfishly. You know, I think that's the key selfishly, because that's what I, I do professionally. Surprise, surprise is help people kind of embrace what does make them unique. Um, and oftentimes that's scary because you can no longer look at all your competitors as a source of comfort. Ooh, it's hard for me, but I see all these other people doing it and they're successful. It's safe. By definition, if you're doing something unique, don't look down because <laughs> it's scary and you don't know if it's, if you can be successful because no one else is doing it. Hello, wife. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, wife. Uh, baby monitors. Hello, wife. Trials and tribulations. <laughs> All good. All fun. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories. Well, it's fresh. It's fresh in my mind. Um, I uh, my business partner was interviewing a client of ours from 2020 from 2020. It's currently 2022. Thank you to those playing the home game. Um, <laughs> And a uh, brilliant guy, just won a bunch of awards uh, for his book on corporate leadership, um, but wasn't confident in his offering. He was charging $500 a month uh, for his thing. And uh, now he is charging $25,000 a month, nice. which I'm not great at math, but it's a big, it's not like <laughs> multiply your price by 10. It's, I think it's like 50, <laughs> I mean, multiply the price by 50. Um, 
now there was a few steps to getting there. Uh, and that, and I, I love when people are making more money. That's cool. But what really gets me, the reason I'm going to be on a confidence high for the next couple of months because of this guy is because his life changed. He's, he's now getting married because he has enough money to do it. He's now moving, uh, moving across the country with his wife to where he always wanted to live because he has the time to do it. You got to charge enough so you don't have to work all the time. So you can get married and so you can watch your kids grow up. And so you can play golf. I'm a degenerate uh, golfer. And so you need these things. That's the fun stuff. Nice. Love that. And I'm... <clears throat> I was going to say, I'm assuming that this is primarily for consultants because consultants clearly have a liberty of <laughs> charge whatever you want. Um, does it yeah, also apply to that? Was, that was consulting defined by my father. I was like, Dad, I want to be a consultant. And then he he's like, okay, I'm waving my, he was on the phone. I'm waving my hand in front of you, Max. Uh, you're a consultant. By the way, all that means is you charge whatever you want. <laughs> nice. I was like, oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> We're all going to become consultants now because, you know. It's just a smarter, easier way to go by things. So what kind of stumbling blocks other than, <laughs> well, actually. Other I'll than all answer. the stumbling blocks. <laughs> other than all the stumbling blocks that somebody has and they're thinking, oh my God, Max, I need you so badly right now. They're not getting paid Is enough. Is that the question? Not what able are the stumbling blocks? Married. I guess we I pretty much covered all of them, haven't we? Or is there any summarize? other? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like everything that you can think of that's terrifying is going to happen to you on an everyday basis. Like there's no way, there's no way to get over imposter syndrome. If you are comfortable, you have ceased to become, ceased to be an entrepreneur. Um, there is no conquering it. There is only uh, learning to embrace it and, and learning that that feeling of fear is, it means you're on the right track. And so give yourself a break, go, go play, you know, have a beer, uh, you know, go, go kiss your children, play golf. Uh, sometimes you got to take a break. Cause like your brain, it gets burnt out. You overwork yourself. You get excited. All of a sudden I'm working too late. Now I'm not sleeping. Now, I, you know, now I'm not eating properly. It's not easy. Um, but, uh, so I, I, I'd say, you know, give yourself a break on the, on the roadblocks and the, and the tribulations that you're going to go through, but, but, you know, Step one is figure out what you want your personal life to be like, because you will succeed and fail. You will both succeed and fail along the way constantly. You're going to succeed at things. You're going to fail at things, no matter what you do. So if you start off the year by saying, you know what, I'm going to take a month off and I'm going to travel with my family, even if you are a complete failure, you'll have done that month off with your family and you'll be a hero to your family and what really matters. Love that. Okay. So I know somebody listening is, I know a lot of people listening are going to want to get more involved with you. How did they start the journey with you? T-R-A-Y-L-O-R, maxtrailer.com. That is the one and only place to go. That's easy. Yeah, that's me, by the way. <laughs> you see, I'm caught on. That's yeah, yeah. It's not like a it's not like a stage name. Like I was actually I was actually given that. Awesome. Love it. 
So let me ask you this. At what point in life did you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, I, I do not discount the fact that I am one of the luckiest persons on the pl- people, persons, anyway. <laughs> Personages. Didn't do a lot of speech in college. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm a fourth generation crazy person, fourth generation entrepreneur. Uh, my father did his own thing. My grandfather was a workaholic, but ran his own business. My grandfather, my great grandfather worked himself to death. So generation by generation, we slowly built an appreciation for our personal lives. Um, But I was born with it. My, I walked into my dad's office when I was five years old and I said, dad, where do you make the money? And he looked around, I was staring at the printer. He's like, Max, you you can't print money. Like that's illegal. Uh, (laughs) but I have a digital scalable residual business model and I'm five. I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I do something once and I get paid forever. I was like, cool. Can we go to Disney now? And he's like, yes, we can. That's the point. (laughs) And so um, I, you know, I, I grew up looking at the other side going like, why is everyone at work all the time? I don't understand. And that, that makes me incredibly, uh, incredibly lucky. Um, Cause for me, the scary thing is to get a job. Right. And and I don't know if that. we could sustain a job. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm unhirable. I, I, I've learned, I learned that, but um, like people are like, Oh, you know, it's scary doing your own thing. What terrifies me is if hundred percent of my income is under the decision of one person and that's not me. Now that's a nine to five job. There's one person with their hand on a button going, I don't know, Bill. It's 9.15. You're late. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, You know, but if half of my clients decided to leave tomorrow, I'd be okay. And they're not like, there's not going to be an uprising. Like there's not going to be a Max's tea party and all my clients are going to decide to miraculously leave at the same time. Maybe one, maybe two. Um, But I'm, I'm in control win or lose i it was me nice love that any last words for our peeps any last geez how much time we got half an hour (laughs) as much time as you want (laughs) it's quite a lot of words (laughs) uh yeah i don't i don't know what do you what do you hear what do you hear what do you think is is going on out there well, one, got to go and check out your website too. Um, I think a lot of people are, well, they're stuck in their, in their doing of their thing for starters. And one, I think they're afraid to move into a consulting phase because they're just used to doing the thing. They, they are the, um, they are the electrician. They are the plumber they are the tradesperson in their occupation the writer the designer the whatever the thing is and um and you know that transition out is it can be a scary thing and two who will hire you how do you get a hold of them like all the business questions that that you know came up yeah maybe like all the necessary (laughs) questions that need to be answered assuming you do everything perfectly you can take max's advice i guess exactly yeah awesome uh yeah right um well there's an answer you know uh there's an answer to how you find the people you want to work with um you've figured it out you you need access uh 
you know, if I, if I went around saying, my name is Max, do you want to work with me? They'd be like, get out of here. Um, but I, I don't, I say I'm Max. Um, I wrote this book. It's shitty. Uh, I got this podcast that no one listens to. Um, but you know what? I'm trying to make an impact on the world by interviewing people and telling their stories. And if I can help one or two people along the way, like that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change the world. People that believe what I believe, Simon Sinek, people that believe what you believe will be your strongest relationships. And I'm able to talk to whoever I want because I've got, you know, I've got this noble contribution. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to spread the love. And uh, some people don't want to participate, but most do. The smartest people do. And um, so you've got to figure out how you want to contribute to the world above and beyond you know, getting paid for it. Do you have a podcast? Do you have a book? Do you, are you a, you know, are you a nerd? Do a research study, like, like contribute something and invite other people to, to, to take part in it. Don't like, don't create content in the hopes that someone will show up because they read it, get someone to show up so that you can create content together. And then at the very least, you'll build some relationships along the way. Awesome. Love it. Hey, this is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. Thank you for being with us here today. Be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so that I can help you get it up when you need me because I love having you here. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links out and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side. 